heart that word of truth that we have handled. And so there was testimony, there was evidence. It could be counted that Enoch pleased God. Long ago, long ago, um, someone asked me, if someone wants to take you to court to say that you are Christian, would they find enough evidence? Would there be enough evidence to convict you of being a Christian? You know, some people ask things and you don't know what to say. And you don't know what evidence is there. How do they find evidence? But for Enoch, there was evidence, there was a testimony that this man has pleased God. Now, when people die, we say that man loved God, that man feared God, that man served God, that woman loved people, she was humble, but I am here to hear someone who we have a testimony, this man pleased God. Because we judge by what we see. But it said of Enoch, there was enough testimony, there was enough evidence that a testimony could be given that man pleased God. He had obtained a testimony that he pleased God. Now, for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. No, that, that's all in Genesis 5:24, plus other things about the life of Enoch, that he pleased God. But then he says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Wait. Disconnected the two. <laughs> huh? This is not spiritual, but I just realized there was a uniform today and I missed it. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Some people are in the spirit, some people are in pink. How do we get back? <laughs> Once you see it, you cannot <laughs> and see it. But me and Pastor Evans, we are in pink. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See? Yes. I just need white shoes, Mama. <laughs> I just need white shoes. <laughs> My birthday is coming up. <laughs> Eventually, we'll get back to the white. <laughs> But without faith, it's not just hard to please God, it is impossible to please God. Now the Bible says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, the question is, how many days do you want to please God? And in what area of your life do you want to please God? And in what area do you just want, you know, to live regular? Because there are things we believe God for and there are things we try. There are things we believe God for and there are things we just do. There are things we believe God for and there are things we think through. Now, if it is impossible to please God, how many days of the week are you willing to go without pleasing God? In what area? We say, oh God, help me to be a good husband. But being a father, that one I can do with my eyes closed. It is impossible to please God. 
we walk by faith. Every part of our lives is, or at least ought to, be lived by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those that come to Him, those that come to Him, verse 6, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, that God is his I am. The one who comes to God must believe that God is I am. God exists. He is the I am. Not I was, not I will be. Those who come to God must believe that He is there and He is everything right now. And who He is, no matter what I am going through, no matter what I am, no matter what I do, He does not change. And so even if I choose to go right and He said go left, He remains. And then he says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There are those who seek him, there are those who don't seek him, and then there are those then who diligently seek him. There is a way you look for your lost knife, and there is a way you look for your lost phone. There is a way you seek your Bible coming to church and there is a way you seek your phone coming to church. Those seeking, they are seeking, but one is more diligent than the other. Say amen. Amen. Maybe I shouldn't use a Bible. That would just make you feel good. Huh? There's how you seek for a lost dog, and there's how you seek for a lost son or daughter. There is seeking, and there is diligent seeking. There is a way we seek diligently for a job. When you're seeking diligently for a job, Failure is not an option. You can't say, well, I couldn't find a job this week. I guess I'll just go through my life without a job. I guess jobs are supposed to be for pastors. So they're super spirituals. There's a way we seek for things that we really need. And there's a way we seek for things that is just convenient. The seeking of God The seeking, our diligence in seeking God, and not just seeking to find Him, but seeking to hear Him and to obey, reveals our faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, one of the verses we like quoting is in Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you. He knows. They are for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God knows. Doesn't mean you know, but he knows. Doesn't mean it will work, but he knows. I know the plans. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you. They are for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Now, verse 12 says, then you will call me. Once you know that I know plans about your life, then you will call me and go and pray to me and I will listen. 
Once you know that God has good things for you, this is grace. Once you know that God has good plans for you, because sometimes we quote verse 11 and we go home. The pastor prayed, the pastor preached and said, I know the plans God has for you, therefore good and all for evil to give you a future. Some people get a revelation or a prophecy and they go home. But faith is not just the accepting or the receiving the promised faith. Faith is the obtaining the promise by intelligence and by perseverance. He knows the plan he has for us. Most of the times we don't know. And so we go to the Holy Spirit and we ask him to reveal the things that belong to us. Because the Bible says that in our weakness, we know not what we ought to pray for. I don't know if we can talk about between this and Romans 8.26. Romans 8.26. We'll come back to that. Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. So, this is no weakness of like uh, ice cream or Chick-fil-A sauce. This is not that kind of weakness. It's a weakness that we do not know what God has for us. He helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for. I really wish you would underline that we don't know what, not how. I used to think we were told the Holy Spirit helps us to pray the how, not the how. It is a what. We have no idea what we should pray for. We are praying for mangoes. We are supposed to be praying for avocados. We are praying for cars. We are supposed to be praying for family. We have no clue. Not sometimes. We don't know. We don't know. Not sometimes. We simply, that is how we are wired. We have no idea what we ought to pray for. When you kneel down to pray, first of all, acknowledge that he is God. Second, that you have no idea what you should be doing. You have no idea what you should ask for. You have no idea what you should say. You have no idea what you ought to pray for. Because we were told, because we don't know how to pray, now we pray in the Spirit, and the Spirit now just, you know, groans with whatever, uh, with, with, with those things that cannot be uttered. No, we don't know the items. The things we are praying for are very wrong. They are very wrong. We have no idea. Because I know the plans I have for you. You don't necessarily know. They are for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. But what kind of future are you looking for? You are saying I have a plan 2030. That's probably not what God has for you. So he says, we do not know what we should pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered into words. And so once we come to God by faith, we believe that he is there. Then we believe that, that Jesus is there that through whom we have obtained the promise and then through him there are things that belong to us that my mind is simply too weak to understand. And so humbly, I ask the Holy Spirit to help me in my weakness to pray. He helped me yesterday, but I need help today. Because what I needed yesterday is not what I need today. And so by faith, even though I'm alone in the closet, even though I'm by myself, I know I am before the throne. And when I'm before the throne, I understand the riches of the grace of God and His goodness and His purposes and His plans for me and then I accept that I have no clue really what I should ask for. So I ask the Holy Spirit, help me. Either reveal it to me so I can pray, or you pray.
Verse 27 says, Now he who has such the heart knows the, what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit makes intercession. And so we begin our mourning by faith. The one thing that we think we know what to do, we tell him we have no clue what we should do. In fact, in the evening, tell him to wake you up for prayer. Okay, let me repeat that. Because we put the alarm and we make a resolution every night. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and pray. And then when time comes, you don't want to wake up. Because you wanted to wake flesh with the flesh. And flesh knows that trick. And so, in the evening before you sleep, ask him, you wake me up. You give me courage and strength in the morning to go seek your face. And then when you wake up, humbly accept that you have no clue. If he does not reveal it to you, you will pray amiss. You will only pray selfish or self-centered prayers. And it's not necessarily give me things. It is just they are self-centered. They are only from your position of understanding. My brother was trying to explain the universe to me. He's far smarter than I am. He was trying to tell me that the universe is expanding from everything and from us uh, at an accelerated rate. And then he told me this. We don't know where it's expanding from. We only know it's expanding from us because we can only see it from here. So we need someone in another planet, another galaxy, to tell us what they are seeing. Now imagine that is us. The only thing we see and we understand is things that are in our perspective. We can only relate to God from our perspective. He is too big, he is too great for us to understand. And so we say, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, even though it was not about money, that is the only thing we know. So unless the Holy Spirit reveals what Jehovah Jireh is, we say, Jehovah Jireh, provide a job for me, provide a good car, a good house, a good dress for me to wear. And so it's not necessary that we are praying selfish prayers, but at times we pray self-centered prayers where we can only see from our experience, we can only pray from our needs. And so for us to pray according to the will of God, then we need prayers of faith where we trust the Holy Spirit to help us in our weaknesses. Now, going back to Jeremiah 29, 12. He says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. Those seem like two different things. And I want you to see the graduation. You call upon the Lord, then you go and pray. You call upon Him, that is like crying out. You call upon Him, and then go and pray, and I will listen. I will listen. The next verse says, the next level of graduation, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. This means there's no plan B. This means there's nothing else. God himself has to answer your prayer. And so, there is a calling. Then you go pray. And then you go seek him. Do you know God hides himself? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, the theologian mm -hmm. Find for us a verse that says, You are the God who hides himself. 
He says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. This is the thing. There is a calling on God, which we call, and go and pray to me. Then you will go and search for me. I said, there is a seeking of a lost sheep. There is a seeking of a lost child. When you cannot find your child, you say, Abby, Abby. You call. Then you go pray. You knock on some doors. You look around the house. Then you go outside the house. And if you do not find, then you shut down everything. You understand? Maybe 10 years ago, 2009, 2010, we had a child, they moved. She was autistic in the church. And sometimes she just ran off. So one day after class was cleared, every parent signed off their kids. A child was signed off. Parent, I think, was saying hi to someone. The child just got off, ran off. And so, in the beginning, there was, hey, have you seen so-and-so? Have you seen so-and-so? Couldn't find them. Went looking around the church. There's a level of prayer. Went looking around the church, looked at the cameras. The child could not be found. And then it dawned on everybody the child had actually disappeared. And what happens, I don't, I don't know how many people, I don't even think many of you are here back then. I think maybe one or two of you are here. But what happened, we shut down everything. We had people praying in the church. We had people who are looking outside in the it's not here was where we were before. People looking in the bushes. Then there were people who called the police. Then it was on the news. And so we had to divide ourselves. Pastor Masharia and your group go lead people in the bush. You, Eric, and your group, you handle people with the media and tell them everything they need to know. And Pastor Jacob, you stay with the people who are seeking God in the sanctuary. At that point, we only had one job. This was serious business. This was the level of seeking. This was the level of searching. He said, when you search for me with all of your heart. Now, there are things we seek as we are going, and we pray, we say, well, the Holy Spirit will show me one day. Then there are things we tell the Holy Spirit, show us now. And when it comes to God, we are told our seeking must be that immediate, must be that deliberate, and must be that urgent. That we move from calling to praying, then to seeking, to searching, where God must be found. He said, you will seek me and you will find me. Did you find the verse? Yeah, Isaiah 45, 15. Isaiah 45? 15. Isaiah 45, 15. Isaiah 45, 15. That God is. And if I cannot find God, I know God is. And so my seeking is in the idea that God is. Truly, you are a God who hides yourself. You really don't want that God, but here he is. Truly, you are a God who hides himself. O God of Israel, the Savior. And so when you come to God, there must be something established. God exists. If I don't find him, I will look for him until I find him. That is faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And our seeking for God must be in that idea and conviction that God exists. 
has not given an answer, I will keep looking. There is a place and a time we shut everything down. Because we need God to seek for him with all of our hearts. Interesting thing is uh, that chapter is Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45, 11. I believe. <laughs> that says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and his baker, ask of me things to come concerning my sons and concerning the works of my hands. Read that verse. Read the last three words. Because I don't want to be blasphemous. <laughs> Read them what God is saying. Huh? Is command God telling me. you to command him? Some verses actually says, You order me. You order me. Ask of me things to come. And concerning the works of my hands, you command me. Then he says, truly your God who hides himself. Truly, you are God who hides himself. And if he hides himself, and the way for us to please him is to seek him, he says it is impossible to please God. Without faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he is and that he will reward those who diligently seek him. He will reward those who diligently seek him. And those so armed with that knowledge that God exists and if I seek him, I will find him, then you get to work. And you see, he says, you are God who hides himself and the verse previous he says, command me concerning the work of my hands. Order me. The people who pray, the people who seek God, the people who have understood the work of faith in prayer, they are people who get authority and power with God where they can command him. The Bible says of Jacob that he was a prince of intercession. That he was a man who wrestled with the men and he wrestled with the God prevailed. Jacob. There are places and things God cannot do until he is actually released by people of prayer. He will not go until he is released by men of prayer. Jacob, the Bible says, he restrained God. Where God had to ask permission, let me go. Samuel restrained God. Where God had to say, please let me go so I can remove so I have rejected him. Stop praying for him. Jeremiah, the Bible says, even if Samuel and Job and Moses stand before me, those were people who were known by heaven. They could command God. They had power with God. There were people who were people of faith who prayed and moved to heaven. Not just move to heaven, they could restrain God. Please put that verse there because I really want you to know it's a verse. <laughs> <laughs> they could restrain God. Verse 11 Command ye me. Concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. The Bible says that God said, Move. From among the Israelites, let me kill them. And I'll make you a nation. And Moses asked God, please do not do this. And he prayed and God heard him. Another time, the sons of Korah and Dathan, they came and they offered strange fire. And God says, get out of their way. Let me kill them. And Moses and Aaron stood before God and said, please do not kill them. And God relented. They restrained the end of God. I don't know if I can 
who use through faith to get to be diligent seekers of God. Because they gain power with God and favor with men. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, if I need $20, I can simply ask Pastor Isich. Or I can begin trusting God even for $20. I can say I will never receive anything that is not by faith. I will trust God even for the things I feel I can handle. Even for the little things. I want to please God in the big things and the small things. Now, when we are calling and praying and seeking, calling, praying, and seeking. In fact, when Jesus is talking about this, he uses the acronym ASK. Acronym ASK. He says you ask, you seek, and knock. Ask. Ask, seek, and knock. He says, whoever asks shall receive, shall, uh, shall receive, whoever seeks shall find, whoever knocks, the door shall be opened to them. And he said, you must do it persistently. And so you cry out because you have need or you have a revelation. And then you pray because it has not been answered. Then eventually you shut everything down and you start seeking. You start seeking. Because there is a faith to receive, there is a faith then to seek, and there is a faith to persevere in the seeking. Romans chapter 4, seems like today we have a lot of scriptures, but it's the first of the year, or first Sunday, we could use some scriptures in our lives. Romans 4. Sixteen. Romans four sixteen. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him who believed, God who gives life to the dead and caught those things which do not exist as though they did. These promises are made in the presence of God who caused the dead things to life. He caused them as if they are still around. Okay. Let me explain that. When Jesus stood before Lazarus, he didn't first open the hearing capacity of Lazarus. He didn't say, God, may you heal Lazarus here so he can hear me. Jesus spoke to a dead man in a dead man's heart. God speaks to those things which are not as though they already exist. He does not to fix them first. He does not need to make them healthy first. He speaks to those things which are not as though they are. And so when God promises, it is not that he already has it. It is that his word, he will speak to something that is not there and it will come to pass. And then he says this, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, 
so shall your descendants be. And so, contrary to contrary to what he could see with his eye, Abraham believed God. Contrary to hope, against hope, he hoped. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. This is the level now of prayer. This is what must go over, go beyond what you see. And so God promises Abraham. Abraham believes. And when Abraham believes, now he has to contend with the idea that his own body is dead and his wife's body is twice dead. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Through unbelief. God would do it. But was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. What God had promised, he would do it. So let this be a year where we trust God completely. He is God, there is nothing he can't do. He is God, there is nothing he can't do. And then we deliberately decide not to consider anything else, our own weakness and the weakness of the things that surround us, we look to God and consider Him. Consider Him faithful. Because you can consider yourself, you can consider your pocket, you can consider your family, you can consider your age, you can consider your experience, you can consider your gifting, you can consider all the things around you, and they can overwhelm you. But Abraham considered only one thing that God was for. That was enough for him. Now, where I want us to conclude, it's in the song we sang today, in the book of Ezekiel, uh, Zechariah. Sorry. Zechariah should be the second last book in the Old Testament. Zechariah 4. Verse 6, Zechariah 4, verse 6. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now, I want you to understand from here that this was spoken to Zerubbabel, who was at the end with Nehemiah and them. They were supposed to be rebuilding the temple and rebuilding Jerusalem. But they were uh, held captives. And so they were in captivity. And here God was saying that these slaves, these captives shall rebuild Jerusalem. And so they are looking at themselves. Things are bad as it is. They have no homes. They have no gardens. They have no farms. And God is saying in the previous chapters, he is saying you shall rebuild this place. Tell Joshua the high priest and Zerubbabel that you shall rebuild Jerusalem and you shall raise up the temple. And God says to him, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It will not be done by might. It will not be done by intellectual power. It will not be accomplished by your financial might. It will not be done by what you have planned and strategized. It will be done by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The next verse, he says, verse 7, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel shall become a plain, 
and shall bring forth the capstone with the shout of grace, grace to it. Because faith receives and accesses grace. It was by faith so it can be of grace. It was by faith so it can be of grace. And they shall see the capstone. They shall see the plumb line. When they see Zerubbabel checking the walls of Jerusalem, and they shall say, This has happened only by grace. This was the hand of God. Grace and grace to it. The next verse. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of the temple. His hand shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Then you shall have a testimony. Then you shall know. You shall have the evidence that this is the work of God. You shall be witnesses that God has done this. Not men. Not men. Not good proposals. Not good plans. That you shall know that God has sent me to you. There shall be a witness. There shall be a testimony that this was not accomplished by clever planning. It was not accomplished by cunningness of men. It was done by the hand of the living God. Verse 10. For who has despised the day of small beginnings? There is our challenge. That is where our hope, we hope against hope. We look at ourselves and we realize we are way behind the line. We are running out of time. Abraham is a hundred years old. He's supposed to have gotten a child 50 years before. He is way out of time. In Kenya, we used to say they are time barred, that they are out of time. There is nothing that they can do. Then there is a day of small beginnings. But you see, with the God, one day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like one day. God is never out of time. Much because he creates it. But, you know, he kept the time. He did stop the sun. He cannot be out of time. You can be out of time. But people who know they are God, they shall be strong. Those who know their God shall be strong. The Bible says, by faith was made strong. By faith. When you trust God, somehow you are made strong by the same faith you are trusting Him for. It says, for these seven rejoice to see. These seven, that were, and these seven are the eyes of God. They are the seven spirits of God. They rejoice to see the palm line in the hand of Zerubbabel. The whole same spirit who was helping you in your weaknesses, he rejoices when he sees what you have been able to obtain by faith. The seven spirits, they rejoice when they see what has been accomplished by faith. When they see the testimony of people saying, God has done this. This is not the hand of men. These are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro. Now, did I say that was the last of us? Throughout the whole earth. When you get time, look up King Asa. Are you willing for me to break one more resolution? <laughs> About that being the last of us. <laughs> okay. Thank you. You laughed. Mm. All right. Let's look up King Asa. Or Asa. Should be in Chronicles, I think. <laughs> Second Chronicles 16. of the reign of Asa, Baasha king of Israel came against Judah and with Ramah that he might let none go out or come in to Asa king of Judah. 
I will be lying to you if I didn't tell you you will face challenges this year. You will. This was a king, King Asa. He was fine. And then there was a siege built around him by this guy called Baasha to destroy them. To make sure they starved to death. King Asa was surrounded by the enemy. The smart thing to do would be to look for help. The smart thing to do. People will say this requires wisdom. Use your common sense. This requires wisdom. And King Asa did what a lot of people do. The next verse. He says, Then Asa brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent them to Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me, as there was a between my father and your father. See, I've sent you silver and gold. Come and break your treaty with this guy so that he will withdraw from me. Now, up to there, up to there, everything seems to make sense. King Asa is helping himself. Eh? God helps those who help themselves. The book of Jonathan 11, verse 16. Eh? God helps those who help themselves. So this guy is helping himself. And he is saying, break the treaty with these guys who are surrounding me. So this guy can leave me alone. Now, the next verse, you see, now, this is Asa. He has looked at himself, he has looked at the enemy, and he has looked for help outside. So Ben Haddad hid it. The worst thing that can happen to you, the worst thing that can happen to you is when the plans of flesh succeed. Most of the times they fail, but once in a while, Flesh succeeds. That is the worst thing that can happen for you. The, the plan actually succeeded. King, uh, he did King Asa send the captains of his armies. They attacked Yon, Dan, Abu Ma'im, and all the storied cities of Naphtali. Now it happened when Baasha had it. He stopped building Rama and sisters. work. Up to there, the plan is perfect, successful. Everything has gone according to plan. Every single thing has gone according to plan. King Asa is successful in this realm. In this realm, he's a smart guy. He knows what he is doing. In this realm, when people look at him, they see a wise guy, a smart guy, the man with a plan. But everything he has done up to now, he has trusted the arm of flesh. Everything he has done up to now, he has trusted common sense. Verse 6. Then King Asa took all Judah and carried away the stones and timber to Ramah, which Basha used for building, and with them he built Geba and Mizpah. So this is a long time. His plan has succeeded, he has started building. And at that time, a man in the seal came to see Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you have relied on the king of Syria. You see, there is a report of men, and there is a report of heaven. There is what people see you, and there is how God sees you. And he says it is impossible to please God without faith. You might please us. You might impress us. We might look at you and see, man, this guy has plots everywhere. This guy seems to be the man with a plan. But then there was another opinion. The opinion from heaven came saying, because you have relied on the king of Syria and have not relied on the Lord your God. Therefore, the army of Syria has escaped from your hand. Wait a minute. You want to say that God caused this army to come so God can destroy them through him. Not only that, God wanted to destroy Syria through Asa, but Asa made a treaty with them and so they have escaped from him. Were the Ethiopians and the Lubim not a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. 
This is where your testimonies come into play. What did God do for you when you were 16? What did God do for you when you were not married? What did God do for you when you did not have a degree? Did God not fight for you when you knew nothing? Were they not stronger and mightier than this? Was it not more dangerous? Did you, were you not more broke than you are right now? And yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your head. Next verse. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, looking for one whose heart is steadfast, whose heart is loyal to him. The eyes of God, they are running to and fro, looking for someone who says, I trust only in the Lord. My loyalty is to the Lord. I will not trust the arm of men. I will not trust the wisdom of humans. My confidence is in the Lord alone. The eyes of the Lord, they are going to and fro throughout the earth. We know demons are running to and fro. The devil is doing that, yeah? Mm -hmm. That's one of his job. He says I was going to and fro throughout the earth. But the eyes of God, the seven eyes, which is the Holy Spirit, they are going to and fro, comping through the earth right now, looking for one whose heart is loyal to him to show himself strong on their behalf. Without faith, this year it will be impossible to please him. Just it has been throughout eternity. May your heart be united. May your heart be singular in its pursuit of God. Even if people send help, you know it's come from God. You seek God. Night and day. Night and day. Seek the Lord. And he says, in this you have done foolishly. In this you have done foolishly. From now on you shall have wars. This guy didn't sleep with anybody's wife. This guy didn't kill anyone. This guy simply forgot to seek God's help and he relied on men. Let us bow.